Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson with my co-host Corey Miller, former NFL player and star at South Carolina. He's the pastor of pain and the director of ministry outreach here at Unpacking It. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. This is a, a bonus episode today because there was so much going on in the world of sports yesterday. We weren't able to get to it all, plus some fresh stuff to unpack and discuss on today's show, including Carson Wentz getting benched, Ohio State and Michigan not playing this weekend. You got to be kidding me. Oh, the Rona. The Rona continues. It's now it's now it's attacking rivalry games, which is no good. So I'm not happy about that. And then uh, unpack this. We'll talk about the Steelers losing their first game of the season to Washington. The Washington football team, the, the nicknameless team knocks off the Steelers who looked unstoppable this year. But maybe, maybe, Corey, the, the last couple of weeks where the Steelers uh, have, have been struggling and kind of squeaking out some wins, maybe it's starting to, to add up. Corey, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Excited about the bonus coverage. Of course, we had a lot yesterday, and today I'm back in Columbia. And, um, yeah, we talked about this whole thing as we were working, uh, previewing the show, what we're going to do today. You know, Baltimore, you know, we talk about the coronavirus, you know, affecting them. They played Pittsburgh a week ago without so many of their starters, including my man Lamar Jackson and Robert Griffin III had to go in there and, and played, and he even got hurt. And they were down to the third-string quarterback. Yeah, Baltimore, Trace McSurley, remember Penn State, former quarterback. And then they almost pulled an upset. So I'm not shocked as you go in there with the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, that's what he does. Uh, we know that very uh, up close and personal, right, with the Panthers. I mean, this guy, his team is already – motivated they, they they're a defensive-minded football team a lot of first rounders on that defensive front i mean they get after you and then just what about the story of alex smith man i mean should not be playing football right when you're talking about miracles when you're talking about overcoming adversity when you're talking about all that alex smith uh now the starter for the washington football team you know with basically one and a half legs man and getting it done and of course uh that that, that to me is exciting well, you know, I would love to, to break down the game and, and, and discuss and figure out how the Steelers lost. But guess what? I couldn't watch the game because <laughs> the Fox affiliate. So I'm, I'm one of those, those you know, guys. Uh, you've, you've probably heard the complaints all day today from, from all you know, NFL fans and, and media members that, you know, you expect the game to be on Fox and you, you turn on and it's TMZ. Are you kidding me? So there I was trying to watch that game uh, last night. The NFL Network ended up airing it afterwards. So I, I did catch some of it. But the, 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 the takeaway for me uh, from a Washington perspective is the, the reality that the last, as long as I've been a, a football fan, um, or as I said, recent years, nobody likes Washington. Unless you're a diehard <laughs> Washington fan, nobody, nobody has rooted for them. You, you've always kind of questioned the, the ownership and, 
you just kind of uh, uh, Washington, ugh, yuck. But this team with Rivera as the leader, with Alex Smith as the quarterback, you, you can't help but root for them. You can't help but appreciate them. You can't help but like them. And it's amazing how quickly they've been able to change the perception of, of Washington. Because think about it, this year, even as they were losing, there was very little negativity surrounding this team. But over the years, that's all it's been. It's always been negative with them. Now, when Joe Gibbs was there, that was a different story. And, and when you were playing, uh, it, it was a different story. But, but man, in recent years, it's been, it's been negative. And now they're at least in the mix with the Giants to, to maybe win this division. But more importantly, they're changing the culture, and it starts with their head coach, Ron Rivera, going in there and putting his stamp on it. Yeah, you got to feel good for Ron. I really liked him. And, uh, of course, uh, being the Panthers head coach and drafting my son and just kind of built a relationship with him there. And uh, Then, you know, he gets to Washington, the football team, and, and, and you know, he comes down with this cancer you know, have to go through all the treatments and chemo mm. and all things that he has to, had to deal with with that. Just, I mean, you, you you just feel good for the Washington football team because they are led by Ron Rivera. And I appreciate the job that he's, he's done. I mean, listen, I think he's one of the best coaches. He's the top 15 coach in the league. You know, say what you want to. He, he is that. He's won, you know, coach of the year several times. I mean, this Washington football team has been a wreck. It's been a hot mess, man. I mean, Daniel Snyder, the owner, I mean, this guy's all over the, the, the map, you know, the allegations the with the stories. things he had in his front office. I mean, like, and I know a lot of fans that love the Washington football team. They are diehards. You know, they're from that Northern Virginia, the D.C. area. Uh, and they're diehards, man. But, uh, you know, back in the day, Bryce, the Washington football team was about the only games that we could get down here in these parts. You saw them on TV true. all the time, all right, with Joe Gibbs and, and the Hogs, right? And I'm getting TMZ. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, it ain't right. It ain't right. I was trying everything. I was trying to download Fubu TV and Amazon, and I was I was trying it all. I've got YouTube TV, and I, I couldn't figure it out. So. I had it on my YouTube TV. I saw parts of it driving home when I left you. You, so, you got uh, it on yeah. YouTube TV? Yeah, it was up. It was up some kind See, of way. Oh, well, maybe Columbia, your your local affiliate, your yeah. Fox affiliate carried it. Well, good. Yeah, I had it. I had good it. And good for you. <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk about the Steelers perspective in a little bit during our, our unpack this uh segment uh but before we uh we talk about the Eagles let me ask you this do you need to get your own health insurance go to healthmarketgenius.com know your options healthmarketgenius.com support them as they support us and, and for all you listeners out there you know tuning in today uh encourage you to check out our Facebook page unpacking it Twitter unpacking it uh, and as you do, you'll, you'll see some of the links for, for Corey where you can follow Corey, but, but he's pastor of pain uh, on, on Twitter and Facebook. And so uh, we appreciate you uh, keeping up with us there and, and would love to hear from you uh, if you want to interact on social media. You can also email us, Bryce at unpackingit.com or Corey at unpackingit.com and, and would love to hear from you. And, and so before we, we kind of go back to Sunday on some of the big topics, uh, the news today, and I was texting with all my, my Philadelphia Eagles fans, uh, a little bit of a mixed bag, but overall, they all realize, hey, the season's over. They're not going anywhere. Let's see what's going on with Jalen Hurts. Let's see what we have with Hurts. And, and here's, here's my journey uh, as a I, – I've been a Carson, Carson Wentz fan over the years. I, you know, from North Dakota State, 
Uh, I, I appreciate his faith. He seems like a cool guy, good personality, just from the outside looking in. And so I've had him on fantasy teams. I've rooted for him. Um, but then I also love Nick Foles when he came in and took over for, for Wentz on that Super Bowl run. That was a magical team, a very likable team. I found myself rooting for them that season. Mm-hmm. Well, going into this year, I drafted Carson Wentz on, on, on my fantasy team. So I was all in. I, was, I had big expectations for him. Uh, we've seen what he's capable of doing. He was a former you know, number two pick, the talents there, and we've seen it actually out on the field. And so I always believed that he could turn it around, turn it around. But at this point in the year, it's just not happening. There's only a few weeks left. I, I think it's time for him and Philadelphia to go in different directions. It's just not working. It doesn't mean that he's not a great quarterback. doesn't mean that Doug Peterson isn't a great coach. But the fit just isn't happening anymore. And, and maybe it's because of the lack of, of talent and, and players around him. And I think that that's a huge factor. There's no question about it. But it seems to be a little bit deeper than that. Personality, uh, fit, all, all those kinds of things. Some of the intangible uh, you know, elements that maybe we don't recognize on the outside. It, it just seems off. It just seems like something's not, not right there. And I, I feel like he needs a fresh start. Well, Bryce, uh, you know, that's one of those you know, tricky situations, right? You, you, you draft a guy that high in Carson Wentz, you know, the prototypical quarterback, NFL quarterback, I should say, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 235, you know, terrific arm strength. He was an accurate quarterback. He could extend plays, you know, he could run the football. Then he had a, that knee injury, you know, uh, then years later, you know, he gets hurt. Uh, you know, your backup comes in here, Nick Foles, and leads your football team to a Super Bowl. Nick Foles leave, goes to Jacksonville. Here comes Carson Wentz again. Uh, they draft Jalen Hurts, the second round, out of Alabama, excuse me, Oklahoma, slash by way of Alabama. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, okay, you got to get, <laughs> get that in there. But, you know, now as a – let me just – let me put my former player hat on. If I'm the quarterback, okay, and you say, hey, this is your football team, Carson, and, uh, you know, we're going to rock with you. We believe in you. We extended your contract. You know, we gave you a lot of money to be the franchise quarterback. And then all of a sudden, uh, in the draft, you hear Jalen Hurts' name's called. You go, wait a minute. What, 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 what are you doing? I thought I'm your guy. No, we need a backup. But when you bring a young guy in, the mindset of an organization is he's coming in to replace the incumbent, right? So, um, so I think mentally that bothered him. You're coming off an injury. You know, you got a guy that he's drafted. Now you start to think what in the world they're thinking, what's happening, and then you go out there. Right, and you go out there, you don't play well. So, you know, every week now, the city of brotherly love, everybody's writing about you, local media, you know, the national media, you on get up in the morning with with Bryce Johnson and crew. (laughs) You know, know, everybody's talking about why you shouldn't be or this, that, and the third. But listen, let me just say this real quick. The guy does not have a lot of weapons. He doesn't have a lot of help. The offensive line is putrid. They, they, he has, I mean, hardly no time to throw the football. So what do you do? You start to press. You start to try to make plays when nothing's there. So you just do whatever you can to try to move the offense. So things just didn't work out for him. And, and so right now to this, and now Jalen comes in last week, you know, five for 11, throws a touchdown, which is a great throw, you know, just whole hum numbers. But yeah. it was enough that he moved the offense that gave them a chance, at least in that ball game. So if you Doug Peterson, the head coach, you got to make a decision. And here's the thing is you got to be concerned with the locker room. 
What are the veteran guys saying in that locker room? You got a veteran in Carson Wentz. You throw in Jalen Hurts. They want to win. So if a guy like Jalen gives them a jolt or a shot of energy, a boost, and say, hey, we got four weeks. We still kind of in this thick of things in the NFC East. Let's see what the young guy can do. You know, so it's really going to be interesting to see how Carson Wentz handles this situation because, you know, it's, he's in a difficult place right now. Yeah, and, and I, you know, from a, a faith perspective, too, I think he had some guys in that locker room that were probably a little bit more of his, his boys. I know they did ministry stuff together, guys right. like Trey Burton and Jordan Matthews and Chris Maragos and some of those mm-hmm. guys. They're not there anymore. So I, I don't know what his standing is like in the locker room and, and even what role his faith plays in the locker room, too, and, and meshing with the, the new group of guys and some younger guys. And, you know, it's just a, it's a different – this isn't the Super Bowl team – a couple of years ago that, that had no. that great chemistry. And in many ways they, they connected with Nick Foles because of his faith. I mean, the, the, the underlying faith of that Eagles team that went to the Super Bowl was, was well-documented and we've had, you know, at least Chris Maragos on the show and, and we had another writer talk about it as well. But, but anyway, I, th- I just think things have changed there. So I'm not willing to say, Oh, Carson Wentz can't play anymore. He's not a good player. Give up on him. His career is over. That's not, I, I don't buy that. I, I really don't because even last year, we saw glimpses of what he's capable of doing. And so I just think there, he needs that fresh start. It's just not clicking in Philly anymore. And I don't even think a coaching change would, would help that. I don't think that's the answer. I think Wentz needs to go to another team. And I, I've said, it, I think he should go to the Colts. I think he should play with Frank Reich. I think he would fit in there well. I think they've got a good offensive line that would protect him. They've got some up-and-coming weapons like Michael Pittman. Uh, to surround him with a great running game with Jonathan Taylor. I'm telling you, you plug him in there. They're a Super Bowl. I already kind of think they are, even with Rivers. I was going to say, I think I think you're just Give really wins. trying to build up your argument with this Colts thing. You're That's right. so hung on the Colts going to the Give Super Bowl. And like, it's not happening. But let me just say, um, I can see him in, in Indy being a really good fit. But listen, Carson Wentz, still, he has talent. He's still young. And, and the thing yeah. is... A lot of teams are going to knock down the door to try to get him. Listen, Doug Peterson and the organization, as I said earlier, haven't put him in the, 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 the really a good position. I mean, so I don't think it's all of him. It's not just him. It's just you got to look at all the stuff, the receiver core. Look at him. Look at, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey. I love the death former King Cobb, but he's been hurt the last two years. He's never been a burner. He's been that jump ball, 50-50 type guy, big body, rebound, you position, you catch balls, great hands. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the other guys got hurt. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I believe, uh, got hurt. Um, I mean, so they don't have a tremendous receiving core. Earth the running now. game, which they used to bake on a lot, non-existent. So when you get in these obvious passing situations where you got to throw the ball and when you got a subpar uh, uh, offensive line at best, He's running for his life, man. So, yeah, if Doug Peterson is not going to change what he's doing, is not going to put the, the right pieces around him, right? You know, as good as a quarterback is, as talented as he is, if you don't have the right pieces, I don't care who you are, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, you're going to be bad. If you don't have guys up front, the big nasties blocking for you, you don't have guys that can beat one-on-one coverage on the outside that can get open, you're going to be bad. And it reflects on the quarterback, unfortunately, but he is a man of faith. You talked about that. And, you know, listen, God's never going to give you too much. Uh, He'll get you through your situation. And maybe it is, maybe it's a time for him to take his talent, his, his, his gospel to another locker room. 
And, and maybe that's it. If so, it will work out for us good. That's right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I think he'll, he'll respond well, like he has when he's been injured and, and all that he went through with watching Foles win a Super Bowl with his team. I mean, that, that's well, a challenging team. situation. But then what's so fascinating, too, when you think about Jalen Hurts, he's the one replacing Wentz. Well, what happened down in Alabama? Hurts got replaced. And, and kind of back and forth with him in two uh, different moments, they both had their times to shine, which was, which was pretty cool. Uh, so I love that, that whole storyline there. But uh, it is interesting going back to the draft because that was an indicator that there was doubt a- about Wentz. And, and so once that, that enters the conversation and then you get off to the slow start and then all the things that you were talking about with players being out and injured and, and maybe not playing as well around him, now all of a sudden you're looking over your shoulder because compare that to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Nobody's talking about Jordan Love because Rodgers is playing out of his mind and the Packers are winning. So I'm not sure exactly why the Packers made that decision. I guess they're really looking out for the future, but I still question that that pick anyway. But with the Eagles, now you can see, uh uh-oh, maybe they really were preparing to move on from Wentz by making that pick that surprised a lot of people. And I had kind of hoped that Hertz would go a little bit later uh, and, and kind of get an opportunity because I'm a fan of Hertz, but not in this circumstance. I'm a, I'm a little bummed for my boy Wentz uh, that it turned out this well, way. Well, listen, you know, it's just the girl man league. And we know that these things happen all the time. You know, I remember uh, a situation in my career, right? I've been there coming uh, five years. And uh, we have Mike Nolan, who's still in the league right now, the defensive coordinator. The, the Cowboys is my wow. defensive coordinator. Uh, Dan Reeves was the head coach. And, mm. you know, uh, I remember coming in one day, went after a game, and, and uh, you know, like Dan will see you in his office. So I'm thinking, well, I don't, I'm not getting cut. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I thought I was playing some good football. Um, but they were like, well, we, I went to Dan's office, and they were like, well, we want to uh, go with Marcus Buckley, like, mm. and to start him a few games to see. You know, and I don't, it never really told me. And I just asked the question, why? Like, I'm grading out good. And like, I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing. You know, it was some personal issues in there. We didn't click. So, I mean, I kind of figured that out. But um, so, you know, they were, they were a little upset with me. So, what, what happens sometimes in NFL locker rooms, they do stuff like this. I'm not saying that's the case with Carson Wentz, but I got put down for a couple of weeks. I went from starting playing 70% of the plays to zero. Wow. And, and so, and they were trying to actually get me to play specialty. They put me on kickoff one Sunday and I'm like, yeah, you put me out there. Do you think I'm running? I don't pay my dues. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I said, I'm just jogging down. So they bitches like, man, this man, he ain't going to do anything. So they stopped that. So I went from that and just playing short yardage and goal line defense. Right. And it was embarrassing. I mean, in New York city for the New York times, New York post, you think all these major networks, he, you know, being up on ESPN and, you got replaced. I've been a starter. You know, I've been the guy that was replacing Lawrence Taylor. That kind of, that kind of you know, so it was hard. Mm. And I just remember, you know, someone saying to me, uh, it might have been a chapel or, or something like that. I was, you know, part of me was fire, fire ant mad, you know, like want to go off and, and uh, just do some stupid stuff, say some stupid stuff to the media, say something stupid to the coach, you know, and then someone said, how are you going to handle this situation? You know, you know, you better than that guy. You know why they're doing this. You know, this just attack to try to get break you, get you to do something stupid so they can have an excuse. 
And the thing that they said, get better and not be bitter. There you go. So get better and not bitter. Mm. I'll never forget that. Mm. And so I just took the high roads. Man, I started playing uh, in practice. I was like, you know, get, I'm on a scout team and I'm blowing up the, the offense. I'm just, you know, the offensive guys mad at me. Like, you shouldn't even be over here. You know, they try to run plays. I was just a distraction just on the football field. I just worked at my game. Mm. And and I'll never forget this. We were out in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, playing the Cardinals. And uh, went on our Saturday night meeting before and we got food and go on our Saturday night meeting. And Mike Nolan couldn't even look me in the eye, man. He had his head down and said, man, mm. we made the biggest mistake. We want to apologize. You know, you're starting you back in the lineup. I'll never wow. forget that. Wow. And because... I got better instead of being bitter. So I, I say all of that just to say with Carson Wentz, which I know he will have been a man of faith and understand, you know, he's going through a fiery trial like I went through. You know, you don't like the decision. You're mad. You want to say stuff. He's a high character guy. Um, and I think he'll use his opportunity to be better instead of becoming bitter because here's the thing. I know Jalen. Jalen is a different quarterback, right? Jalen's going to scramble. He's a runner. He's a dual threat and it's amazing that they're they're playing the saints i mean with two quarterbacks that basically got the same skill set um, it should be a good game and Jalen's gonna make plays but Jalen's gonna take some risks he's gonna he'll make some mistakes um but he's a he's a he's a football player i'm great friends with his father uh and, and so i'm happy for him because i know him i know his dad i know his family they're ecstatic they're from houston um but at the same time, like you, uh, you know, I always cheer for God's, God's people, right? You know, I want, I want God's people to do great things like Carson Wentz is a good guy and is unfortunately getting, yeah, and he's getting beat up by the media. So my heart and thoughts and prayers definitely with him. But, but I'm also at the same time, Jalen's a Christian dude and, and I'm pulling for him as well. Got to get the glory one way or the other, even though it's uncomfortable for both. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that story. That's a, that's a good one. And, and some names were running through my mind, too. When you think about Ryan Tannehill, Miami gave up on him. Now he's in Tennessee, and he's one of the, the upper echelon quarterbacks. They just lost to Cleveland. And got paid. And he got, and he got paid, and he got another opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. You think even, even this season with Trubisky, he got benched. Well, now he's back out there. Now, I, yeah. I don't know if he's going to – ultimately, he may just not be good enough to be a – a franchise quarterback, but he's shown some glimpses, but he got another opportunity. So I think that's the yeah. key too. Wentz is going to get another opportunity, whether in Philly or somewhere else, most likely somewhere else. Um, and, and I know there's, there's a lot made of his, his contract as well. It's gonna be hard to move them and stuff, but I, I think they'll, they'll figure that out. And I do think another team will, uh, will, will give him a shot. And, and Jalen, Jalen's not a, a, a career starting quarterback as much as i love him you i don't, don't think see so that. yeah that, i mean i think he's a guy with the way offense are constructed right now he he fits in you know like the guy at the saints i mean i don't think he yeah, can lead this team you know but he's a great filler you know he's a great mm -hmm. fill in you could still win some games you know i think they're career backup type dudes that can give you some plays here and there change the momentum of a football game like tyson hill i mean you know i think that's who jalen hurts is and so you know, three or four weeks stretches, I think he can be good. But as far as being the face, the franchise of the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I you know, honestly, I just, I, I don't see that right now. They drafted him early. I, I, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting situation. I, I think Philadelphia front office has to take a lot of criticism for the spot that they find themselves in. And it's fascinating to me, and this may be a bigger conversation for another day, 
to, to think about one hit wonders in the NFL, as far as Super Bowl winners and the difference between that, that sustained success. And, and I think it just, it speaks to, to what new England has done mm-hmm. uh, over their, their, their run and being able to just continue to reload and keep going. Cause the Eagles, you know, that was just a special magical run. And then that was it. And then, you know, a few years ago with Denver, and, and, you know, they brought in Peyton Manning for a, a special run. Um, and even Seattle, like they, they did, they, they did a little bit better as far as sustained success with the, the defense that they had for many years and won one Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl, that type of thing. Um, but, but yeah, Philadelphia is that, that, that they're the one hit wonders. It's, it's, it's tricky to, to think back on that. Yeah. They were able to capture more of that and keep more of the, the group intact and run it back and, they just it hasn't happened. So yeah. you think back to some of the dynasties over the years and, and teams have shown their ability to do that. But Philadelphia. But, but Bryce, I think I think that's hard to do in today's yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I, I go back to the Cowboys in the early 90s where they had that stretch with Jimmy Johnson and, you know, Emma Smith and Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, you know, Rod, Rod Harper, you know, Jay Novacek and a massive – offensive line that stayed together for all of those years and and a defense that was salty you know bringing in charles haley from the 49ers they had a run because the way things worked back then guys stayed with teams longer so you could build you know these teams franchise teams that can go on four or five year runs that's why when people talk about kansas city i know we may have this conversation another day but you know with patrick mahomes as great as he is and hill and all these weapons and kelsey you know, it's going to be hard to keep those guys together, you know, with the money they're going to, going to uh, demand. You know, back then the Cowboys could do it. Back, back, back in the day, the 49ers could do it because guys weren't bouncing all over the place, you know, like how long I stayed with the Giants. You don't see that anymore. So it's hard to have these teams that stay so good or even back-to-back years because a lot of times the guys do great. You know, and they hit free agency, they out of there because they're going to chase the dollar. And, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't look at, hey, let's build history and let's build these teams that man, some of the greatest ever. I, I just see that 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 very hard to do. I mean, the New England Patriots did it for years, and I think they're gonna be the last franchise to be able to to have that type of success because guys are moving around and they're not gonna stay with teams as long. So uh, you know, those those teams were special, but I think it's hard to do today. Absolutely. And that's why it was so interesting with Kansas city because their mentality after they won, they, they think that they're going to win a, a bunch more yeah. and, they, and they might, and they, they might, might. And our, our, our producer, Chris is a, a chiefs fan. So uh, he he's thinking that, but the, the reality is for the chiefs, they were actually able to bring most of their guys back. And, and some guys even took less money to do that. And yeah. they found a way to pay a lot of their players. So they're setting themselves up for it. But yeah, it, they're a long ways away from that, that sustained success and winning multiple Super Bowls. And it's, it's, it's not that easy. And that's why, again, what the Patriots did, we're, we're just Pretty special to be blown away by it. And it puts it in yeah. perspective. Well, let's, uh, let's shift gears to college football. And every time we get on the show to talk college football, I just throw my hands up because this season has just been so frustrating and we just don't know what to make of it. And it's just, it's just a nightmare in many ways. I'm thankful for the games that we have been able to watch and some of the cool matchups. And I I still think we're going to get an entertaining playoff uh, ultimately. You hope Um, you hope anyway, 
But to, I mean, this year now rivalry week, I mean, I, I guess this was supposed to be rivalry week and championship. Week. We don't even know what week things are, are taking place. And now with Michigan and Ohio state uh, being canceled, uh, it, it's a letdown and, you know, a lot of layers to it. Cause even a couple of weeks ago, Kirk curve street was in some trouble, you know, wondering, will Michigan just bow out and wave the white towel or white flag to, uh, you know, just kind of surrender and say, Hey, I'm not, we don't want to play Ohio state and get whooped up by, by them. So is that at play? Is it truly because of the Rona and so many of the, 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 the tests and positive tests and the issues that they're facing with that for why they can't play. So there's just all these question marks and, and all these layers to, to what's going on. And now should they, the, the big 10 change their kind of stance on how many games Ohio state needs to play in order to make it to the big 10 championship. And, but yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a mess. What do you, what do you make of it? And kind of the bummer. I always like Michigan, Ohio state. It's always a fun one. Well, you know, rivalry weekend is always great, you know, and we missed that this year, although the Iron Bowl got got True. played, you know, with Alabama Auburn, they moved it up. That's normally the last game uh, of the, the regular season, you know, and it's uh, after the Thanksgiving weekend there. But, you know, South Carolina Clemson got canceled. Now you see the Big Ten, that big matchup with Michigan and Ohio State now being canceled because of the rise in the COVID numbers. Uh, with the Michigan program, December 5th, they canceled uh, their game against Maryland. And uh, Ohio State, you know, they got a game in last week, although they had so many starters out, especially on the offensive line, you know, playing. But, you know, they got the game in. But now, based on the rules that the Big Ten themselves set, that Ohio State, because of this cancellation, can't play in the Big Ten championship. They can't. And, and so – that throws the whole thing in a in a really now, a downward spiral, right? What do you, so now they they trying to you know get together and see how they can change rules, you know, get Ohio State in that big. Cause listen, we know that Ohio State's the best ten, uh, best team in the Big Ten. They ain't even close. I mean, we've seen Wisconsin up and down. We 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 seen you know Northwestern, you know the fighting Reese Davises, and the, you know they they went on that little thing, and then all of a sudden they get beat by Michigan State, I believe it was, uh, you know. Uh, the biggest, uh, I should say, the best consistent team to me, besides Ohio State, has been Indiana. I yeah. mean, you know, so their quarterbacks out. Yeah, yeah, now they got a quarterback situation. I mean, it's been crazy. Like, I'm so thankful that we've got as many games that we have gotten this year with the COVID in. And, and to me, that's why I always say, I don't know why they're trying to do this college football playoff. It's just, it's going to be risky. I mean, because this thing now, after Thanksgiving, going into the Christmas holiday, going and we're you know getting to the winter season with, you know, even though I know vaccines are now starting to be dispatched, but it's going to be difficult. Who are the top four teams? I mean, who? I mean, we know from eye tests that, that no, you can look and say, okay, I know Alabama is head and shoulders above everybody, and I think that's unanimous. Uh, you know, number two, Notre Dame hadn't lost. They beat Clemson, and everybody said, oh yeah, but you beat them without. Trevor Lawrence. Well, Trevor Lawrence don't play defense. You know what I mean? And that Notre Dame had almost 500 yards total offense, and they won the game. So you got to put them at number two. You know, Clemson, you can say, okay, yeah, throw them in at three. Uh, they're undefeated. Eight and one, seven and one, whatever. They're not undefeated. But they lost against Notre Dame, the number two team. So, okay, I stick them right there. Maybe. Although I would argue that. I would argue maybe why not Florida right there? Florida beat a, a, a very good AM team. Or oh, AM beat Florida. I'm not saying that wrong. AM beat Florida. So mm -hmm. why not put AM right there at three? You can argue that, right? And now you're debating four or five with Florida and Clemson, maybe Cincinnati. 
You're out of the group of five. So all this stuff. What about man, Coastal? It, Coastal got another I, I, I know. No. No, Texas A&M beat uh, the Gators. Yeah, Texas A&M beat the Gators. But yet Florida is ranked in front of them per the college football playoff rankings. And yeah. so they could easily, one of those teams could easily be in that three spot, right? But they're not even the four spot. They're like five and six. You flip them however you want to flip them. Some people say, well, you know, A&M beat Florida, so they should be in front of the Gators. But yet the Gators are ranked in front of A&M because they said they're playing better football right now. That may be true. So back to real quick, Michigan and uh, Ohio State. Maybe, like Herb Street went off and he stepped in it and some stuff he shouldn't have stepped in last week with his comments about they're doing this on purpose, but yet their COVID numbers per this article I'm reading on, reading on ESPN are going up consistently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, they had opened back up the facilities. that They had the clearance, but then numbers went back up. So, listen, it is what it is. I mean, I know Kirk Hershey's mad that Ohio State may get froze, froze out. If they don't change the rules, they made the rules. <laughs> you know, the committee that make the rules. The Big Ten made the rules. I want to see the game. Now people are saying, well, let Michigan I mean, or let Ohio State and AM play both because AM games are canceled this week as well. So AM's not playing. So now they say, well, won't, won't Ohio State and AM play a game? They're not going to do that. And, you know, so it's a mess. I think it's going to continue to be a mess. You know, I would say Ohio State, based on the five, four, five games that I've seen, definitely are top 14. Now they're not going to have the body of work. They're not going to have a championship. They're going to have all those extra data points as they refer to. But we know just by knowing football, Ohio State can play with Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, any of those other schools, and probably better suited maybe than even A&M and Florida. That's, that's up for debate. And that's what the committee's going to have to deal with. Well, and as we argued last week, I, I still – like I understand the eye test, and there's, there's no question about it. But to me, you, you got to play some games. you, you got to have enough uh, enough – to, to show you, you gotta have, you, you can't just to, to me play a few games and never have the, you know, be tested where you might lose and you might trip up and the, the journey sure. of a season where, you know, week after week, you're, you're, you're playing games and you're, you, ha- you have to stay healthy and all that sort of thing that all factors into getting to the playoff. And unfortunately for Ohio state and, and some other teams, they just haven't had that opportunity to do it. And so you can't necessarily fault them, but I also don't think you can just put them in because, Oh, they, they look good. So they deserve to be in the playoff when, I, you know, coastal Carolina, they keep winning Cincinnati keep winning. No, so, no. I, yeah, they're, they're, I, I, to me, it's like, Hey, these teams are playing well throughout the season. Week after coastal, week. B. That's why hey, they beat my Mountaineers. So they must be good. It's coastal Carolina. <laughs> I mean, but you can't, but that's, we can't, we can't stick that next to just because that's their, their name, who, who's playing, who's winning and, and who, yeah. Who's out there week after week, getting it done. I, I, I responded to Tim Brando's tweet today. Oh, uh, what did he, he had coastal Carolina and I'm listen, I'm a realist, man. I listen, I appreciate the story. I appreciate what Chadwell has done with this program, but listen, and they got to win over a BYU team that had to come across country with two days <laughs> and, and, and go against an offense that's pretty much a triple option with, with a passing element to it. You know, trying to come to Conway, South Carolina to play a football game. And they lose in a close one, right? A yard away yeah, from winning yard. this game. Wow. And, and so 
although I don't, I, I think BYU really they haven't beaten anybody anyway. They don't have nothing strong on their resume. Now they're good, decent. But Coastal Carolina, hear me when I say this. Here's my problem with group of fives. Group of fives can win, you know, like I know uh, Louisiana beat Iowa State, you know, Billy Napier squad. They got a good win. But that's that's okay for a team in a group of five, a little Sun Belt, whatever division. You might oh, get lucky oh. and beat a power five team. You might. App State beat South Carolina last right. year. So. <laughs> well, App State was better than South Carolina. But if App State would have had to play the SECE schedule or, the, or that schedule, they would be 500 team or less. If Coastal Carolina had to play uh, in, in that division, they will be a th- three and eight, three and nine team. Which I mean, a four and eight at best, you know, because of the offense they run. I don't think you should get rewarded when you're playing lower level football. And I'm being honest with you, you know. And, and, and you go off on a run and say that this is a top. There's no way that, App, uh, not App State, but Coastal Carolina is a top 15 team. There just isn't. Now, and, and their best win is BYU. Whoopity-doo. And BYU has no kind of, no, they ain't beat anybody. I mean, they've blown out a bunch of nobodies. But I mean, as far as football is concerned. Yeah, I just think. I know you're an App State fan. And y'all oh, yeah, had great be- success. Y'all, y'all be some. I would be if App State was back in the day as good as they were. I would be better to say they might be more equipped than Coastal Carolina, or maybe even Cincinnati. But, but Coastal, I can't buy that ticket. I can't I, I ride that pl- train. I know. I guess my my argument is we just don't know. Like, do I think you're probably right? Yeah, you're probably right. That that Coastal isn't as good as these other, you know, bigger schools that are kind of ahead of them in the top 25 ranking, even though they have a better record or they've played more games. But to me, until you can prove it on the field, it leaves a, a level of doubt. And so that's why I still Not have to me. defend them. I still have to I'm, defend them because they haven't <laughs> lost. So yeah, if you have, so I, why, I have zero doubt. Zero. A few years ago when UCF was undefeated, I wanted them to get a shot. You just, to me, you got to get the shot if you're undefeated. See, and this this here's the problem. People always try to compare the NCAA basketball tournament with the football. It don't work. Basketball's team, and, and they're closer. There's only so many scholarships that can get on <laughs> these Power Five schools. So you get some really good players that go to a, a small school. That happens all the time. The Butlers of the world. You know, you get you get good players. They match up. Better. I mean, we've seen uh, who was just beat Kentucky or South Carolina losing to Liberty or, you know, who Houston. They, South Carolina just lost to Houston. I mean, these are smaller schools, but basketball is different. When you come to football, if, if I just say Coastal, I'm putting you in the ACC. Well, I'm putting you in the S. Let's just say SEC because Tim Brando, the great Tim Brando, has Coastal in front of Oklahoma, Florida, A&M, and Miami. So even if I said, those four teams, Coastal, I want you to go play. I want you to play those four teams. They're not going to win any of those games. <laughs> they're not. They may, if any, they'll get lucky and maybe win one because one struggle is maybe Oklahoma. But the thing is, I don't, I just, I, I don't think it's because you're going winning like UCF. Okay. They beat Auburn and they're like, oh, see, 
Well, that's one game. You can lose one game. But when you're in the SEC, brother, you are playing grown man football every week. You get beat up. And number 245-pound tackles, they ain't going to last. It makes a difference, for sure. But I, I guess it ain't going to work for, for 12, 13 weeks. It ain't going to work. And that's what makes college football fun because we're all, you know, diehard fans of our school or our conference. And, and so we, we make the case for them. Um, and there is a lot of eye test involved. And, you know, let's face it, certain fan bases don't watch West Coast football because it's on at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. So you never see them. So we never give credit to the, the organs of the world or whoever. Now, Oregon lost a couple weeks ago, but, uh, but they lost twice already. Yeah, so they're they're probably a bad example, but but yeah. that's how that's how we are, and so I think people that love big schools, and I'm with, I understand the SEC is always in the mix. They're always the, they're the best conference, but we then downplay these teams that maybe they just put together a great season, and this year Coastal Carolina, what they're doing and what they've been able to accomplish should should give them a shot at competing with the best because they've they've shown, hey, whoever's on our schedule, we're we're taking them down and we're playing. At more games. They've played nine games versus Ohio State playing five. Does that so you, mean- you you would put you would put Coastal in the tournament in the college football playoff over Ohio State. I'm willing to explore that, and and I'm willing to wow. I, I'm I'm willing to give them a little bit more consideration, and and so the committee just has to decide where they say, hey, we don't care how many games teams played this year, we're throwing that out. Then yeah, then you put Ohio State in there, and you their track record and their you know, success in recent years and wow. all that factors in. I mean, you put them in that thing, they, it, it wouldn't bring any revenue. I mean, like I said, listen, people was hyping with game day, which is good for Coastal Carolina. Dustin Johnson, you know, friend of mine. I mean, Chanticleers, you know, won the baseball national championship. Even then, so that's what I'm saying. Baseball is different. That tournament, basketball, yeah, all day, every day, because they can match up in those sports. Football, you're not going to have the size, the speed, the strength, the weight rooms, the, the nutrition. Yeah, they are going on a great run. But if they had to play a, a power five schedule, no way. They'll, they'll be a 500 team at best. And, and so if you gave Coastal that opportunity and they match up against Alabama in the, in the uh, Rose Bowl or wherever it is that they're playing at, the Fiesta Bowl, they're going to get one. Nope. Who gonna say this is a college football playoff and is Alabama with all this history and 17 national championships versus the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina from Conway, South Let's Carolina? Go. Come here's on, what, here's what TV revenue is gonna do but, plummet. But Corey, that, but, it's gonna but go down like the Titanic. But we can't just every year say, no. "All right, let's let's go, let's start a college football season," and then. All right, it doesn't matter what really happens because we're just going to put Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, the best teams. Uh, Notre Dame. We'll just put them in there, and then we'll never give a shot to anybody else. <laughs> no, and this is why I say you can win I'll every game, this, but you don't. You don't get a shot because you don't I have. I tweeted this the other day. Give the group of five, make them the NIT of football, and they play each other. They should no group of five should be in the big boy tournament. They should play in their own. Division. So if you put Cincinnati, Coastal, you put throw BYU in there, um, uh, you know, University of Louisiana, Lafayette, you know, those teams, Central Florida, Tulsa, you know, good quality teams. Let them have their own playoff. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm actually fine with that. I would love the the, the group uh, That's of five. what it should be because they're never going to be they, winning. They're that. never going to be getting that. So they ain't going to happen, uh, you know, unless they go and say, okay, we're going to have a 16 team playoff, and yeah, the group of five champion, you know, the highest ranked group of five gets in. That's the only way, because the way the system is now, they're never going to have a shot. They might get in a New Year's Six Day Bowl game. That's it. That's the best they can do. So. I am for saying let's have a college football playoff for the group of five. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm and you have two that. champions. I just don't, I just don't like them getting discredited just because. Oh well, they're Coastal Carolina. This is this is 2020. It's a crazy year. Te- teams are di- teams are different this year, and most of these, you know, even the Power Five teams, they're not at full strength. Michigan allegedly, 45 players are out, so that's why they're not playing. But so it's just everything's different. That's why I just I'm just open to the possibility of a team like Coach. I wouldn't watch it. I I, pumped, I'm, I couldn't watch it. No, as you just much want to I, say four I'm teams. A, I'm a purist, but I would dare not watch Coastal Carolina and College. I would be like, I ain't watching. Yeah, but then you, you get the score update on your on your phone. Well, I, I, I check the score and how bad you know. at halftime. Uh oh, Alabama's beating LSU. 45 to 14 at halftime. Imagine what they do going to do to Coastal Carolina. I mean, they're going to run through them like water. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be like they ate prunes. Until <laughs> we gonna... see it. I just want to see it. No, yeah, put, put it on my television so I know for sure. It removes the doubt. You got to remove the doubt. They let, them, let them play in regular season when, it, when it's back to normal. Then we can see. They, they're, too, they're scared of some of these schools. It's hard to get them on the schedule. But, well, this year, the schedule, there is no schedule. There's no, there's yeah, no, no schedule, man. You just got to go with it. They might who, be glad to get to them play? on the schedule. Who wants to play? All right, we got to wrap things up and get out of here today. But uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun debate. You can send us an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Corey at unpackingit.com. Want to hear from some Ohio State fans? What do you think about this? <laughs> I don't know if we have any coastal fans out there, but oh boy, uh, love to hear mad from with you. me. That's right. You can you can send the, the hate mail to Corey at Unpacking. No, no, oh. tell him to give me grace. We're a Christian podcast. <laughs> grace, brother. Give him some love. Give him some grace. All right, we'll wrap up with this. Unpack this. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the weekday email devotional, you can on unpackingit.com. Uh, it's a, a quick thought about sports, faith, and life delivered to your email inbox each weekday. And today we talked about the Steelers losing their first game of the year to Washington. Shockingly, surprisingly. So uh, good for Washington to, to get the win. But uh, what's interesting is oftentimes a loss can actually be valuable for a team on their way to what they hope to be a Super Bowl. And, and so we've seen this over the years where, you know, the undefeated uh, effort isn't always the best thing. And sometimes a loss helps you refocus, reevaluate. You start making some changes that maybe you wouldn't normally make. And so for, for Pittsburgh, this, this could end up being a good thing. And, and so Mike Tomlin, he's always honest, and he tries to, to find some of the positives. He, he's, he'll be critical of his team as well. But this, this quote in particular was more of a positive spin on the loss. He said, Different points along the journey, you get a chance to learn about yourself, who you are, what you're made of, individually and collectively. And it takes the journey to reveal that. We're faced with a loss now. We get the opportunity to smile in the face of it. So I love that. We're faced with a loss now. We get the opportunity to smile in the face of it. And and so, sure, it's only one loss for Pittsburgh. No, you know, no reason 
to, to panic, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they learn from it, what they found out, what they find out about themselves. And, and will that significantly impact their journey to, to a Super Bowl, and, and, and you know, just how will that affect them uh, along the way? And so for us today, as we unpack this, I'm just kind of reminded of our own faith journey and the losses or the trials or the struggles or the suffering that, that we experience in, in our own lives along the way, and, and many times much worse than a, a football loss. And, and so the question, though, for us, do, do we view a loss as an opportunity to smile in the face of it? And, and what do our trials reveal about our character and, and about our faith? And, and when we encounter difficult points along the journey, do we respond in a way that shows we still have confidence and hope in the Lord? And, and so the, uh, the verses that I use today are found in, in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. And I use three different uh, translations, but we'll, we'll, we'll use the, the NIV here for the podcast. But it says, uh, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Yeah. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And, and so I know in my own life, I have gone through seasons of life and trials and, and challenges where I have been refined, found out you know, who I was, who God was, realized the, the areas in my life that needed to change. There were you know, areas of my, my faith that were revealed in a positive sense and, and sometimes in a, in a negative sense, knowing, okay, these are some of the adjustments that, that I need to make. But I look back knowing that God used those seasons to refine me the way that gold is refined in a fire where the impurities rise to the top and then you wipe them away. And so for us, oftentimes the only way that we're really going to change and, 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 you know, really be purified and refined is when we're in a fire, we're in a trial, we, we deal with loss, we deal with suffering. And, and that's when, when God does that, that, that purifying. And, and we realize too, oftentimes that, man, God gives me strength. I, I have, a, I, I have a deep faith. I got it. He, he's, he's worthy to be, to be trusted. And so we experience all of that uh, in those, those seasons of life. And so um, today let, let's put our hope and confidence in him and, and allow the, the loss that, that we may even be facing right now to reveal the genuineness of our faith, because we're putting all of our, our hope and trust uh, in, in Jesus. And so uh, that's what uh, I encourage everybody to unpack today. Corey, what, what can you add for that? That's good stuff. I mean, uh, you know, Pittsburgh losing and, uh, of course, to a team that they were better than, to a team that uh, they were stronger than. Uh, and on paper, it looked like they should have no problem winning against the Washington football team. And, and they lose the game. Imagine, the, as we talked about, maybe embarrassment, uh, feeling down on themselves. But it's all about, again, as we talked about earlier, do you get better? Do you get better? How do you handle adversity? We talked about Carson Wentz. You know, being benched, I mean, to somebody that you feel like I'm better than losing mm -hmm. that battle, that quarterback. Well, you know, Romans 5 and 3 and 4 says that, that not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. You talked about in First Peter being refined through our trials, you know, going through the, the fire, you know, but you always come out in God and Christ 
you know, looking like that shiny gold. You know, we, mm. you know, a lot of times in our walk with the Lord, you know, we look at people who we think that's got it going on spiritually. And, you know, they're like that polished piece of gold that's in the glass case. But, you know, not knowing that that gold had to go through something like you talk about. It had that's to be, right. it has to go through intense heat. Why? Mm. To purify, to burn off, to, to, to get you to a place where you can shine. So losing doesn't always mean losing, but in God, we know losing means winning. And we have the greatest example of that with Jesus Christ. When they put him on the tree, when they hung him on that cross, when they pierced him in his side, the thorns on his head, they spit on him, they ridiculed him, and they thought they had won and looked like Jesus, the one that's been saying, I am the Christ, I am the resurrection, I am all of this. And when he closed his eyes, they thought that it was over. But on the third day, we know that he got up. The stone was rolled away and he got up and snatched the keys of hell and he was deemed the ultimate victor. So through that situation, even though you may be going through something in life, you may may feel a sense of loss. You may feel a sense of hurt, let down, disappointment, knowing that Romans 8, 28 goes and says, and we know all things, not some, not just little, not big. It says all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, according to that power that worketh in us. And we know Mm -hmm. what that power is. So yes, it hurts. Yes, it stings. You know, sometimes it's embarrassing, but we know suffering, losing produces endurance. It produces character. It produces perseverance. It produces hope. And that's the hope that we have in Christ that we have already won. And because Jesus already won the ultimate victory, right? And that's why he said, oh, death, oh, death, where is your sting? There's no more sting because he now had the victory. And I think that's a good mindset for us to have. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as I finish this a little bit, they was in the furnace because they didn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. You know, they said, we will not bow down and worship you. I don't care. They turned the heat up so high, even the guards died, Right? They said, even if he does, even if that that helper doesn't come, we still won't give in. We still mm-hmm. gonna have hope in Almighty God. And they said a four-person showed up in that fiery furnace. And when they came out, they didn't have a hint of smell of smoke. Never, not even burned, no smell of smoke, no nothing. So be encouraged today. No matter what you're going through, trust God, it'll work together for good. God's just purifying you. He's just building up some character and perseverance and hope in you so that you can tell somebody the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. He meets us in the fire. And, and, and when we reveal the, the genuineness of our faith and, and the, the strength and the, mm-hmm. the purity that, that takes place through that, that process, then the next time we, we face something similar, we're, we're even more prepared. We're even more uh, strengthened. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we just continue to grow and mature. Uh, through each each loss along the way, well, not that not that you want the uh, we don't want anything else. <laughs> you don't you don't root for the next loss, but but it, it strengthens you uh, in our own lives uh, along the way. So yeah. um, just like David, right? David, he you know, but he was looking at victory. He had to go through some battles. Yeah, you know, the lion, right. the bear, but God was just preparing him to defeat Goliath. That's mm. it. So, Amen. Well, there you go. There's Corey Miller. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks for listening to the Unpacking It podcast. As always, I wrap it up by saying I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace.
I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.